When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, so this is a blast from the past. This is a little episode I did a while ago, late 2018, with David Icke. And uh, we chatted about all the stuff we talked about in the big episode that we did. Uh, we talked about his early years, the books he wrote and how he, how he came to those conclusions. Uh, we talked about his more recent kind of dalliances with the media. And, uh, of course, this is all way before... He uh, got banned off YouTube and banned off a uh, whole lot of other platforms for talking about 5G. Don't be, um, don't, I hope you're not after clicking on this now thinking we're going to get an interview talking about London Real and stuff like that. I just thought uh, this one has been behind the Patreon wall for about 18 months and I just wanted to uh, put it out there for people to listen to and, uh, and hear what we had to say. There was a little kind of a debacle actually around this, like uh, I interview David. I got in contact with him through his son, Jamie, uh, who I think is his booking manager. And uh, everything was cool about it. We're all good in the hood. And then we started chatting. And uh, I guess Jamie went looking back over the the uh, episode that we did about his dad uh, the year before with me and Eamon and Cormac Moore. And um, he, he must have only listened to the first 10 or 15 minutes of it. Because he came back with a stinker of an email or a, a Twitter thing saying, how dare you say all that shit about my dad? And I'm like, I think if you listen to the episode, man, that we're actually, like, I'm actually very kind of respectful of him, despite a lot of my misgivings or whatever. So we did talk pretty fairly. I mean, it's pretty fair what we said about him. Uh, and any kind of questions I had about, you know, did you just, <laughs> was there a big plan, you know, you spent years writing these books and then pretended they all flew into your head in nine months. Like, I asked them these questions straight up, you know. But, um, yeah, and then and then they put it on their YouTube channel and stripped out all of the identifying marks of those conspiracy guys and uh, said that it was an interview with Irish Radio. That's the title they put on it. Didn't give me any credits or anything on their, their release of the episode. Uh, and I kind of got a bit of a stink on it. I was like, ah, that's not cool, man. You know, if you're going to fucking... You'll hear later on in the interview as we talk, like, David says that he has steeled himself against public criticism since the Wogan incident and has had nothing but a career of ridicule. I mean, modern days, a lot of the stuff that he's talking about is kind of... You can kind of see it, like, panning out now. Do you know? Especially in these trying times of the last six months or so. But, um, yeah, anyway, big interview. It was my first, and I just kind of want to throw it out there now that I'm doing other interviews with other conspiracy-type people uh, and reach them in, into the community. I'm having great chats. There's another uh, episode out now with uh, John McAfee. I have one coming up in a week or so with Isaac Weishaupt. I did one a little while ago with Bishop Larry Gators. And I just want you guys to hear this one from, you know, 80 months ago and hear maybe the evolution of my thoughts or you know uh, I improve all the time no matter what I'm doing I'm improving all the time as does anyone with a bit of practice so like I'm I'm 
I, I think I'm getting better at interviewing. I, I want to ask the questions that I, I want to know the answers to, or that sometimes when we're, you know, postulating on the on the big podcast going like, I wonder if this, and I wonder, like asking these rhetorical questions that uh, we can't definitively answer. Uh, or if we're talking about something, you're listening in your headphones and you're like, ask him about the thing. Ask him. You know, it, it kind of behooves me to ask these questions with conspiracy theory in mind or with trying to find the truth in mind. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you see how far we've all come. Uh, there's episodes coming. I'm, I'm working on stuff all the time, working on some great things here, moving over platforms and getting videos ready. And uh, if you want to see some of the videos that I'm making and the live streams of the shows, uh, there's a, a Vimeo account now that you can go over and have a look at. That's where I'm going to be hosting everything. There's no videos on YouTube, no mo. YouTube is gone for me. I'm not putting that up there only... Maybe like the 90 second, two minute clips, the way uh, Joe Rogan or the H3 podcast does it. They're not putting up the whole show anymore, just little clips, because YouTube is just a fucking packer cunt. And they've kicked David like off as well, so, you know, stuff you hear in this episode might be out of date. Uh, it might be, I, I don't know, there might be some predictions in there that, you know, oh my god, he was right. And there might be, there might be some stuff that, like, I guess isn't relevant now. But it's a good interview, good crack, and David's a good lad. And uh, get over and see those London Real interviews if you can. They're uh, maybe not entirely factual, but definitely very interesting. Interesting dude. Okay, here's the interview with David Icke. Thanks, you guys. And welcome to another of those conspiracy guys. This time, as you can see, uh, we have sports star and television personality, late minor laughingstock, and later major alternative media person personality and powerhouse. Uh, writer of over thirty books, sold at Wembley arenas, uh, and uh, like ten-hour Wembley arena shows, and the original conspiracy guy, the turquoise truth teller himself, David Ike. David, thanks so much for joining me. This is uh, a, a privilege and. Uh, I, I, I don't want to go fangirling and being like, oh, oh my no, God, no. David Icke, oh my God. Yeah, it's a pleasure, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's great. It's uh, it's nice that you can use the power of the internet just to reach out and, uh, you know, talk to someone that 20 years ago I would have been like, you're man off the telly. Uh, it's it's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, well, you know, the, the internet is, um, is a two-edged sword, really. I mean, it's been fantastic up to this point uh, because without it, uh, people like me uh, would have been completely shut out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, apart from the books and uh, you know the public talks, uh, uh, the 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 daily communication would have been shut out. And so it's been great, but it's also been a fishing rod going out. And now we're seeing the fishing uh, line, if you like, being pulled back in. As uh, of course your, your Facebooks and your Googles and these all these other internet giants are, are, are working to uh, suppress and uh, shadow ban and all these terms, uh, this information. So um, it's uh, it's good that we can keep going for now. Yeah, there's stuff like Article 13, which is, uh, you know, the European restrictions on copyright. So they're using these loopholes to try and sh like corral people's thoughts by going, no, that's unacceptable speak. We don't like you talking about that. Are you finding you're getting any kind of lashback against promoting your 
uh, your live shows or your books or your talks or anything like that? Are you being shadow banned on, on Twitter? Oh, big or? time, yeah, big time. I mean, about three or four years ago, there's about uh, 780,000 uh, uh, know, followers, if you like, not a word I like, on my Facebook page. Uh, and my interest in my work has exploded over the last three or four years. And uh, there's now about 750,000, you know, and it's the same yeah. with the YouTube channel. It's the same with, uh, with uh, even Twitter. Um, and, and, you know, when you look at it and you break it down, if, if, if you know anything about the uh, alternative independent media and how it works, um, you can see how systematic it is. I talked in the new book, which came out a few months ago, about YouTube um, demonetizing content um, that uh, was not basically telling the official narrative and was outright challenging it because, uh, of course, great parts of the so-called uh, independent media around the world has managed to work and scra scrape a living full-time and research full-time because of the monetization of their videos on YouTube. So the first uh, stage of this process, and it is a process, um, was to demonetize. So you, you take the income away. Yeah. And as I said in the book, um, that's the first stage. The next stage will be outright banning channels. And they've, they've been doing that uh, since the book came out um, uh, wholesale uh, uh, around the world. Uh, then you had, of course, immediately uh, Trump came in. You had the fake news uh, hoax, which is what it is. Because, yeah. of course, we've, we've been given fake news <laughs> all our lives. Do you know, mate, I've just come back from the United States um, <laughs> where I've been filming. And um, I have to turn on CNN. I, I, I know you're going to the States soon, right? Yeah. See how long that you can take watching CNN. I've US, seen US I've seen style. I've seen this. Because, yeah. you know, people, people see CNN in Europe and they see a certain kind of, you know, program presentation. You watch CNN in America. And basically, whatever you say about Trump, um, it is it is Trump anti-Trump rhetoric uh, from from literally from morning till night. The only thing changes is the nature of the presenter, and they have whole people on, like groups of people, three or four people, you know, like a, a chat about a, a Trump decision, and all three will be anti-Trump. There won't be anyone putting the other the other side. So this fake news has been going on and become more and more fakery, of course. But the hoax is. You um, you paint that which is exposing what's going on as fake news, and you use that justification to to ban it, censor it, and um, shadow ban it, which of course is um, allowing it to be posted, but then stopping it going anywhere. And your new book, then everything you need to know but have never been told, released in uh, November. You're bringing that on tour now, so that's that's kind of what the the new gig, the new tour, the new appearances are about is like this new media, the silencing of current opinion, uh, well, everything as, you need as, to know. Well, as always with me, um, it's a dot connecting exercise uh, mm. because, you know, you, if you see the world uh, as a series of people, events, organizations in and of themselves, they look a certain way. But you connect them together and suddenly the pixels become a picture and whoa, so that's what's going on. Mm. And what has happened is, is um, for, well, decades now, I've been going around doing 10-hour talks all day. What I've done now is change it to evening for about four hours. It's, uh, the one in Dublin uh, on the 24th of August starts at 6.30. Um, because 
people will come along who are really interested and they'll think 10 hours yeah i want to know what's going on but what's happening with the evening talks which i've been doing around the world is that people are coming who are curious or give it an evening but they won't give it a day yeah and the impact of the information once people see it is um is is tangible and 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 you know talking to people afterwards but the what the 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 this talk is about is presenting in a very clear and concise simple way how the world works and this is this is uh, uh, vitally important because what it's doing is that those people who have not researched this, and this is what yeah. you, me, everyone is trying to. It's no easy task to try and get no, the whole world narrative in, like. But but no, it's not. But it's possible if mm. you if you concentrate on the structure. How do a few control the world? Why do you think the way you think? And why have you thought like that all your life? Because when you when when people say you know uh, uh, I've got this opinion, uh, and then you 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 present the sequence through their lives of how that opinion came about and why everyone has got basically the same opinion, then people go, whoa, I can see it, how it's done now. So basically, it's it's to um, show how the world works, how we are, our perceptions are manipulated, and how vast amounts of information, to give us a totally different fix on the world, I mean big time totally, is kept from us. Um, and, and it's to, to allow people to go away who are new to it or just curious and say, um, okay, now I can see the world um, for what it is. I can see why I'm being told this by a politician, why I'm being told this by a corporate uh, a CEO, why I'm being told this by a scientist or a, a journalist. It, it's, it's opening the, the world up to the way it really works as opposed to the smokescreen that we see all the time. And is reported by CNN. There's a lot of people though that like, and especially our audience, because we put out six, sometimes seven hour episodes and people are just like, they eat that stuff up real quick, you yeah. know, listen to it in a day and work and six or seven hours is no problem. I, I also want to create this show so that it's like building blocks of knowledge. So the older episodes are given a base and then the, yeah. the more recent episodes di- dive down into something a little bit more specific. So I've watched loads of your lectures, 10 hours at Wembley and a lot of stuff is on YouTube, you know? Yeah. Are you getting people that are like, let's say, level one, where they're absolutely have no knowledge and then they're coming into your 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 concerts or they're reading your books for the first like one read of your book and you're like, hmm, I'm in. OK, I don't know anything about this. Let's go and hear him talk. Yeah. You, tend, you tend to start with the simple stuff and then build it out into a 10 hour, uh, uh, you know, a, fu- a full tapestry of the information. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, that is absolutely true. And these evening events I've, I've been doing for the last year, I'm going to go on through uh, this year and next year. Um, I, I've shown that um, how quickly the pennies can drop once people see the structure. There's a, um, a thing I use in the talk. Know the outcome and you'll see the journey. It's very, very fundamental and a very, very a simple and powerful way of getting across uh, what I'm saying. And what I mean by that is this. If you don't know the outcome, then all the events happening around you are random to you. They're random. Confusing. You, scary. Confusing. What's going on? Why are they yeah. doing it like this? Why are they doing it like that? But if you know the outcome that they're heading towards then these random events become very clear stepping stones towards that outcome. So this is the nature of the, uh, of the talk. It's, it's uh, th- this one. It's to, is to 
give over these um, these simple uh, tools, if you like, um, to see the world and how it works. And it, it's it's very very effective. And you know, people, even people who are uh, are all new to this, they they still have this. What's going? What's actually going on? I mean, this confusion, this bewilderment. They know there's something not right. They see things in the world, and like I say, they say, "Well, why are they doing it like that? Why are they doing that?" When it was obviously be better to do it that way. Um, and then suddenly, whoa! That's why they're doing it like that. That's why they're doing it like that, and that's the uh, the outcome that it's all about. So, um, yeah, it's been very, very encouraging. The um, the response to it. So when you're going into like a four hour talk, are you getting people who are well clued in and you're going a little bit deeper than you would? You're going into some some hard hitting stuff. So they're coming away like I know exactly yeah. what's going on now. That's it's, the thing. You know, what I've been trying to do um, all the time I've been doing this and it's a very um, it's a very basically thin line to walk is, um, first of all, I've never gone on a speaking tour or written a book unless I've had something new to say. That's yeah. the point. So um, the, the books come out about every every two years because the whole thing's moved on and there's so much more to say, there's so much more to know, and then and then the talks move on. In fact, the talks move on all the time. I mean, you know, by the end, by the time I get to Christmas, uh, going around Europe, this talk will have moved on. Why? Because the world will have moved on. Um, and and so it's this fine line of of not the the, the big block on on communication that so many people forget. Don't assume knowledge. Because yeah. if you assume knowledge, then people go, sorry, mate, I don't understand that. And once they say that, you lost them. So it's this fine line of, of um, keeping it simple, but also bringing in new depths of um, the story, the research, for those that do know something about it. Well, for a lot of people, when they finally cling on to something and they finally like have synthesized that information they know what it means and then more more often than not especially in the the kind of alternative media or conspiracy world those things then change the parameters of that truth that they've spent so long trying to acquire have changed they'll go i oh, know fuck it i'm just going to stick with the thing that i know and uh, i'll just believe that forever and they dig themselves down into this trench like we see inside uh, the conspiracy community like people with flat earth views versus people who are like that's a load of bullshit are you know people who believe that the earth is a hologram and people who are like well i think government corruption is a thing but they're not like aliens or whatever there is some kind of a disjoint between people who understand and they can't get past that then how do you evolve your thoughts like what's your what's your motivation and do you do you read every day are you read like getting more people people's books like joseph campbell and eric von daniken are you looking back through history and trying to inform yourself all the time or how does that work well i i've been doing that all along um looking back about where we came from and you just introduced something um where, where i could probably talk about this for two or three hours and and, and not come up for breath it's a very very um important uh, point um i see people in cul-de-sacs all over the place and the independent media, um, much of which perceives itself to be open-minded, if you use the term open-minded as a, a finished product, I'm open-minded, I'm woke. Then, then there's very little open-mindedness in the alternative media compared with those that are involved in it. 
there, there are a lot of people who are more open-minded than the mainstream, which is a very different thing. And I, I used this analogy a long time ago of uh, people coming out of the womb and they start walking down the road and they've got a backpack on. And uh, most people, up to this point, it is changing, but most people still come out onto that road and they get the tent out of the backpack and they park their tent. These are the people that believe basically everything the mainstream tells them, what, whatever form of the mainstream everything it is. Then you've got people who walk a bit further and they'll be the environmentalists and they'll, or people like that, and, and, and maybe people a bit more of, of, of the, the socialist view maybe, and they'll park their tent. Um, and the people who have parked their tent earlier will look on the people who've done it later as crazy extreme, right? And then um, other people keep going and they might look into the conspiracy a bit, but only on the five sense level, only within the realm of the scene and, and, and um, mainstream society. And then they'll park their tent. And now the, the, the people, the environmentalists and the, the people who... Um, who uh, might be of a socialist uh, um, persuasion, they will look upon them as extreme. Then, then you, you go through that and, and, and keep going to people uh, like me who are um, looking at, I, I, have a simple, I have a simple question, what the hell's going on? And I have no, um, uh, no answer that I'm trying to uh, sell. I want to know what the answer is, and therefore the information will take me where I'm going to go, not preconceived idea and not um, uh, a belief system that is not for moving. So I don't have a backpack. I don't have a tent because um, I, I hope I'm uh, not arrogant enough to believe that uh, even in if I live a long time more than my current 66 years, that I'm going to know everything. It's like um, Socrates is supposed to have said in ancient Greece, wisdom is knowing how little we know. Mm. When you then uh, look at all these different people symbolically who've pitched their tent, um, even in the alternative media, you think they're way open-minded, they still look at people like me as crazy. In other words, this is the irony. They look at people who, who won't pitch their tent or have pitched it further down the road in the same way of people that pitch it further back in the road see them. It, it's, it, it, it's an extraordinary psychological uh, thing that is there um, to observe. Intellectual and, tribalism, as it were. like Yes, that's, that's a good term. And, and what, um, what I would say to them is this, if we really get deeper into reality, According to mainstream science, uh, the electromagnetic field is 0.005% of what exists in the universe. It's probably a lot less than that, if the truth be told. And visible light, which is the only frequency band that we can actually see and decode into the reality we call the world, is a tiny sliver of the 0.005%. Um, according to mainstream science, um, uh, the size of the uh, planet Earth, when compared with the projected size of the universe, is equivalent of a billionth of a pinhead. Um, and to think that anyone could pitch their tent at all in this reality with all the limitations of perception created by the, uh, the human body, um, that there, there is a, a place for the tent to be pitched is extraordinary to me. Uh, we, we 
have to be um, humble enough to know that whatever we know or think we know, there's always vastly more to know. And that keeps driving you on, certainly drives me on, so that you, you are understanding more and more and more and more. And what I've found, um, I don't know about you, is um, the more you kind of understand, the simpler it gets, the simpler it can be presented. That's what I mean, you're leveling up your audience, like you're only, you're a few years ahead of somebody who's listening to you and reading all the stuff that you recommend and reading all your books. You're only a few years ahead of them and coming back and going, well, I found this, now check this out. So they're leveling up every time they read a book of yours. It's funny, when I was a journalist, um, uh, uh, because I left school at 15, I didn't take a major exam, thank you God, by the way, Um, (laughs) didn't get the programming, I was was a bit of a rebel at school as I've been ever since, but um, what I found when I was a journalist is that I would talk to academics, or I'd talk to scientists, or I'd talk to any, you know, lots of people in the system, and they'd give me the jargon, right, like a school teacher or an, an academic in a university, they'd give me the jargon in response to a question, and I used to say to them, look, mate, um, Maybe, maybe, maybe you might think I'm a bit thick, but can you put it in words um, that um, I can understand? And you know they couldn't. And if you can't put what you say in simple language and simple analogy that anyone can understand, you don't understand your subject. And I see so many of these people repeating the jargon, repeating the jargon, which says it's got lots of syllables in. I must be Ret- clever. Rhetoric, yeah. Yeah. And you say other, oh, other people's words. What exactly that repeaters? Mm. What what do you um, what do you mean about that? Explain to you, you know that 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 scene in uh, in the film Notting Hill where it, it, the guy's pointing out to the girl that where he lives and she, she says give it me in yards. You remember? Yeah. And, and, and that's what I mean. Give it me in yards. Um, because if you can, you understand the subject, uh, and uh, that's me, and that, that, that's been a very great thing about my life, and that is that I didn't have this great formal education, and therefore um, I want things in simple terms, so if I see something complex, I have to break it down into, into a, a something that can be understood, and what am I doing in that? I'm just doing what the ancient uh, shamans did. You know, when, when, when the shamans went into other levels of reality with their consciousness, they had to come back and explain to people who hadn't been there what they saw. And to do that, what did they have to do? They had to use analogies that the people could understand who haven't been there, analogies that related to the lives of those people. And it and sounds the, so um, primitive to us because you, you see the movies and the Native American Indian guy is like, a big silver bird flew with the sky. And like, like they wouldn't yeah. understand what a plane is or whatever. Oh, exactly. So yeah. um, you, you, you have these anthropologists and people who go out and they take what he said literally instead of taking it symbolically. Mm. Um, and if you take it symbolically, and I've talked to loads of these uh, shamans carrying this knowledge from the ancient world, uh, because you mentioned and went into it a bit uh, um, earlier, uh, my contention from the start has been, if this is happening now, then there must be records of it, legends of it, accounts of it, 
going back because it ain't just started, right? And so um, one of the things that I did, particularly, I still do it, but particularly a few years ago, back into the 90s and stuff, is I was looking at what I was being told about how the world was controlled and who by and to what end. I was looking through the ancient accounts to to see if there was there was speaking of it. And I found it all over the world. Um, and, you know, my life since I, my head blew off in 1990, 91, um, has been a ama- an amazing synchronistic journey of amazing coincidences, uh, which, have, you know, continue to the present day, which have um, which have put this information in front of me. And uh, you know, this is not something that's just started. This is something that's been going on uh, a long time. But you see what you've got um, in the alter- in the alternative uh, independent media. Uh, you've got a lot of people who are mainstream light. Uh, and what I mean by that is they'll look at the stories that appear in the mainstream mainstream media and they'll put a different spin on them, but they won't go beyond the mainstream. They may be... Because, inst- uh, but it's monetization, David. They don't want to like alienate a paying audience. And I think there's a lot of people in this game, in conspiracy game, that are underestimating the intelligence of the people that are looking this stuff up. Well, you're absolutely correct, and and, and on, on that count, and on the second one, because what I've been finding um, is that the biggest interest uh, um, when I put things out has been in the far out stuff. Yeah, um, if, absolutely. If you, if you go on my uh, YouTube page and you look at the um, the the, uh, the videos that are in, in you know crossed a million or more. They're all the far out stuff. Well, overwhelmingly, not entirely, but overwhelmingly, because um, I've seen this since I was, um, well, I've seen it, you know, picking up over the years, but particularly since I've been on this world speaking tour, the old days becoming the evenings now, since the summer of 2016, I've seen this incredible opening of people's minds um, who are now um, able to look at things dispassionately that they would have waved away as crazy not so long ago. Something big time is happening. And because the mainstream, for obvious reasons, dominates the, um, the, the, the microphones, the airwaves, the communication, and the, the, to a very large extent, the independent media is dominated by mainstream light that will go here but no further, yeah. This awakening um, has been lost uh, uh, to people. Not lost, it's getting bigger all the time. I mean, lost to people in the sense they don't realize what's happening. To the because, majority, you mean? Yeah, the majority. Yeah. And, and um, in, the, um, in the independent media, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're still going around in the eddy um, to a very large extent. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's um, it, I, well, I'm testament to that. Because um, I get as much abuse and criticism from uh, large chunks of the independent media as I get from the mainstream. Yeah. Because I'm challenging and questioning every aspect of what we have been told to believe in. And I'm holding it up and I'm saying, if it stands up to scrutiny, well, okay, I'll have it. But if it doesn't, I, I won't have it. And and the the thing is, when you when you hold up these... Or everyone knows that mate um, apparent truths to, yeah. to scrutiny. You find that they're actually um, uh, um, houses of cards. Yeah, they build castles on sand, and then as soon as that thing is then debunked at some point in the future, everything that that person ever says then becomes moot. Like, how would you? How, what kind of a relationship do you have then with other uh, 
mainstream, let, not that's mainstream, but like highly popular conspiracy theorists, uh, proponents like Alex Jones or Joe Rogan or any of these guys that are top producers, like you don't play the game as such. You're not doing your Instagrams and your Snapchats and you're not doing like a, a three, three YouTube channel uploads a week and all this kind of stuff. You just plug away, you get your shit done and you do these big massive venues. How do you, how do you, what do you think about Alex Jones and his daily, uh, I guess, perpetuation of his agenda and his narrative along with the rest of Infowars or Joe Rogan taking in all of these experts and gleaning them for their information? Well, what I've said all along is that um, I applaud anyone who um, in any way puts out information that gets people to question the norm, the reality they've always been grown up with, uh, up with what I call the postage stamp consensus, which is downloaded to us from cradle to grave. Um, obviously, I um, go much further than both of them. Uh, but they, they have a, uh, you know, I, I'm glad they're there rather than not there, put it that way. Uh, but again, um, they do it their way, I do it my way. And my way, um, because of the person I am, has no limits. There's no parameters on where I will go. Uh, this is this is why, you know, so many people in the independent media think, oh, that's I that's crazy. I mean, I'll tell you a story. Um, uh, I, I was um, invited... Um, to speak years ago to be interviewed on a on a film called Thrive, I was speaking up in America and uh, they turned up and they interviewed me and I forgot all about it and uh, didn't think about it again. And then it, it must have been two two years, maybe even three years later, this this movie came out, Thrive, um, and uh, it was about metaphysics. It was it was about looking at the world in a different way. And you know, um, I, I um, when I heard it was come out, I thought, well, I, I hope they you know they've not um, you know, using me in this, and I'm I'm um, I'm much further down the road than when they interviewed me three three years ago. But they were they were talking to me about finance, which unfortunately never changes. Anyway, what happened is um, people like Deepak Chopra were in there, and environmentalists, and um, you know, astronauts, and um, they then write this open letter to the producers, put it on the internet, uh, um, uh, detaching themselves from the film because I was in it. Because they claim that because I was in it, they were de being discredited by association because they were in the same movie as me. And those people will believe that they're free-thinking, open-minded people. Um, uh, but again, they've pitched their tent wherever it is, here and no further. So that's, that's as far as they're going. Now the eddies started. And, you know, my, my view is, like I said earlier, um, Wisdom is knowing how little you know. Therefore, you're always looking for new knowledge. And again, the idea that even the Deepak Chopras and, 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 and these other people, the idea that they can know all there is to know and therefore wave the hand away from anyone who's putting something else out is, is really self-indulgent in my view. And, uh, but, but that's what you get. That's what you get when you've got a here but no further uh, limit to what you'll explore. Yeah, it seems that uh, you've been steeled in the fires of, uh, <laughs> what would you say, uh, ri not ridicule, but like uh, people are putting you on the very, very fringes of this community. And it hasn't been any different. The first time you ever came out, we talked about it on our episode about you. Uh, we talked a little bit about your personal life, about your history, where you came from. And then we moved on to like more of your theories and about your books and how they were all written. 
and it was the Terry Wogan interview. I, I've seen dozens of these uh, things, so we won't labor on it too long, but you basically went to Peru, you had a moment, some, some you know, the spider web on your face, and you had the information download, and you came back and tried to tell everybody about it, and people were like, blasphemer, Ike's a blasphemer, and it ended up getting, like, ridiculous. You were a laughingstock, but you said that it, it cured you of that feeling of... Uh, embarrassment that you could go, okay, I'm free now to say whatever I want. Yeah, best thing ever happened to me. And you, you know, you mentioned um, religion there, um, and people think when they uh, perceive religion of, of people in frocks and, and and hats on and gowns and ritual, and that is, of course, what my father used to call bricks and mortar religion. Yeah, but if you look at the um, the dictionary definition of religion, it actually applies to the mainstream everything. Under that definition. Uh, mainstream science is a religion. It's an orthodoxy, and the yeah. uh, the orthodoxy books of science are their religious holy texts. Physics has Newton not, as a Jesus Christ yeah, figure, and yeah, they must not be deviated from. Yes, and again, yeah, what yeah. does that do? Excuse me, Mister Mister Professor Richard Dawkins, and all you like who have the letters after your name and and strut around like intellectual giants. You tell me you you know all there is to know, because if you do, you're just telling me you are uh, in a very extreme state of self-delusion. Um, uh, I mean, let, let's take that analogy uh, from 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 earlier. You, you you're within the um, this is the uh, this is the religion thing. You're within that um, uh, sliver of frequency called visible light within this electromagnetic 0.05% of the universe. Yet all you need to know is within the covers of one book within the within the sliver of 0.005%. And when you put it like that, it's crazy. Uh, but what? But what is it? This is the point. It's when a gatekeeping talk, of knowledge that you have to exactly, pay that guy to when, give it out. When, yeah. when we look at how the world is controlled, um, they don't want an informed, free-thinking, open-minded, uh, um, open to any possibility uh, population. They want a closed-minded, programmed perception uh, um, uh, population. Religion has played a massively important part in that, incredibly, absolutely central, not least in Ireland. But um, we must also uh, see, I, I think, that religion doesn't always have to be under a spire, a, uh, you know, in front of an altar. It, it can be anything, any perceptual state that refuses to move. And you yeah, get I think... finished for if you don't move yeah. from it. Tell them all about it, the conspiracy guys. There's a big move away from the traditional bricks and mortar church, as you call it, and, and you know, the Catholic church in Ireland. There's still laws in our constitution where you can't talk about it on, on national media for fear of blasphemy and fines and shit like that. So after this, uh, uh, the marriage equality referendum and then the abortion referendum, it's showing that the people of Ireland are going, well, I'm rejecting that dogmatic religious structure. I'm willing, to I'm willing to commune with my God at my on my own terms. And even people like my parents who were in their, their late 60s, uh, are going like I pray at home and I only go to church because everyone else goes there but I'm not into it like these structures of belief so long ago like you're going on 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 tv in 1991 saying like hey religion like I, I I'm a son of the godhead I feel like god exists in me and I exist in him and everyone just went oh fucking stay there man like 
later on there'll be like you know uh uh um you know cults are not cults but like sects of religion and groups of people coming together worshiping one guy in these like indian uh communes and stuff where they'll take a personality and turn him into a religion like even scientology is a set of rules and you go by the writings of one person like back then it wasn't so and you came out with this new thinking. As you went along, it seems that you've been a couple of steps ahead of everybody. But when you when you did, I guess, acquire this information in Peru, can you just describe like what happened? Was it like a, a download? Did it feel like a nervous breakdown? Did it feel like you were on an acid trip? Like I've under, I understand you never, you don't take acid. You don't take any hallucinogenics. No. So no, no. how I, did that information I, I took, go in? I took ayahuasca once in the Brazilian rainforest in 2003, but that's the one and only occasion. Uh, but but yeah, uh, what it was like, it was like um, you're living in a bubble, which is de- detaching you from what's beyond the bubble, and then someone comes along on a hill in Peru and bursts the bubble, and what happened is that all these all this information these concepts these 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 insights were hitting me like a tidal wave um and from from another place like from yeah, from well, well, basically ether. yeah well well look um we um the five senses perceive uh, or the visual senses anyway perceive this sliver of 0.005% of the universe what what exists beyond it is infinity I mean, what does people? What do people think exists beyond that sliver of frequency? You know, nothing. Uh, 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 you know, a, a vacuum. Of course not. It, it, it's an infinity of um, reality. We only uh, perceive a fraction of a tiny fraction of that reality because that's what this human biological computer, as I call it, is capable of decoding just like a radio station or a television station will show you a channel. It won't show you beyond that channel on the screen. And kids are being put in through school and even being dumbed down even further and their antennas are being dulled. Exactly. And, and being, you know, distracted. And it's systematic. So what happened, mate? And this is what, this is what awakening is. Uh, what is awakening? People say, oh, I'm seeking enlightenment. Well, don't seek enlightenment. Realize you are enlightened. Um, just... Uh, uh, realize that's what's stopping you being uh, aware of that enlightenment is all the perceptual programs that are creating this bubble. So the bubble burst and in come all these concepts is just basically like opening the sluice gates and what happens? You open the sluice gates. You, when, you, when you open a sluice gate, you don't have to go through the sluice gate and start shouting the water and saying the sluice gate's open, you can come now. <laughs> you open, it's pushing against it, right? Yeah. Well, this this infinite consciousness that we all a, 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 a an expression of a point of attention within um, is pushing against the sluice gate symbolically so once you let the perceptual programs drop and say well okay i'm going to look at this again with an open truly open mind boom in it comes but it happened to me in, in you know in, in an amazing way on on that hill in peru and what happened then for three months i'm, I'm trying to process this information and just like you know, I've got a computer here, and if I if, if I if I press too many keys on the computer, oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have, I'm off, am I? You press too many, yeah. The camera went off. Well, that is very symbolic because I'm coming back now. Because that that's very symbolic, funny enough, because that's what happened to me. 
you'd lost your vision. You couldn't see yourself. I pressed too many keys on the computer. In other words, (laughs) I'm I'm trying to process this information. It's just too much because it's come out of nowhere. And the computer froze. And then it froze, and it and and it was about three months, and it, in 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 a, a part of that three months, that was on the Wogan show. So yeah. um, that's what that was all about. But then after about three months, it was like the um, the computer unfroze, and suddenly I was the person I was before. People were saying to me uh, who met me, I thought you'd gone mad, Dave. You're the first, same person I used to know. Well, I, I but I only was to look at. I wasn't in the way I saw the world because now I saw the world in a completely different way. I saw I was starting to see the way things connected rather than seeing them only as a part. Um, and then the journey uh, went on from there into where it is today. The point being, what people remember because that's what happened in the massive publicity. Yeah, they remember yeah. the three months. I've I've had a very so similar think, experience, but I'll be le- much less famously. <laughs> yeah, they still think the, the me today is is. The, the me of the three months uh, because yeah. they're, they're not told any different. And it's interesting now, um, the media used to um, ridicule me. Now they basically, most, almost entirely ignore me, um, especially in this country uh, uh, and, um, and places like America because I've been into Europe on this, um, into uh, places like Serbia and, 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 and countries uh, of the, um, the Balkans, etc. And uh, Eastern Europe, and I've been on their mainstream breakfast show for half an hour talking about this stuff. It's a different world. But I yeah, saw you being interviewed by Philip Schofield a couple of times, and he seemed really cynical and like he was very kind of shitty and short and trite about it. Like you were talking about giving up like worldly possessions and tra- and he's like, yeah, but you have to pay sixty five pounds for, for to get into your gig, and I'm like, yeah, dude, but that shit doesn't make itself. It just seems that they're trying <laughs> you to want pick how much it takes to put Wembley on. That's what I mean. Like you're trying to pick, he's trying to pick that stuff apart with. I did say to him, I'll swap what I earn with what you earn, and he didn't, he yeah. didn't he'd do the deal. I would uh, think but this so. is what they're like. See, yeah. what you're looking at is uh, someone with Philip Schofield and and his like. Um, is uh, someone who's completely mesmerized by the program, can't see beyond it. The material stuff he's stuck on, like, yeah. They literally cannot compute where you're coming from. And and it's the same with scientists. You know, if you um, program a computer, then it will read what it's programmed to read. It won't won't have the capacity to process the information it's not being uh, programmed to read. This is how China can, can wall off the inter- so much of the internet for Chinese people. Um, so you can be stopped in the street, as happened many, many times. You can be stopped in the street, as I am all over the world now. This is how far it's got out. And you can have a really in-depth conversation with someone who would be seen by the system as uneducated, what would, as I would have been seen from my education history. But, but they get it. Yeah. Because in, to such a vast extent, it's the download of perceptual programming called education that stops people getting it. And so what, do you get- think, what, what do you think is the difference then between your material, which seems to be esoteric, based more on like a conceptual, like in history, and it is factual according to like ancient texts and the books that you've gleaned this information from. So it is there, it is, you know, supported by evidence. But your stuff seems to be a little bit more esoteric, a little bit more, as we call in Ireland, highfalutin, and uh, kind of out there. 
Um, why then is someone like Alex Jones and his information, which seems to be tangible, it's based on websites, it's based on facts and pictures and images. Like, why is Alex Jones so super hyper famous and you're almost being uh, silenced in, in the likes of America? Why do you well, think that is? Well, two, thi two, two things about that. Um, from Alex um, uh, has, a, has a, a Christian belief, I understand. Um, and he also has an audience, a lot of it with a Christian belief. Um, and he, he's coming from a certain uh, perceptual uh, direction in terms of America and being American. Second uh, Amendment, First Amendment, all of these that, things. That will influence his, his perception of the world. Um, uh, my, uh, my way of looking at it is quite simply, I, I, simple, I want to know what's going on. And this is the point. You know... The reason so many um, people in the independent media are getting more and more and more frustrated at what's going on in the world is they can't see an answer to it. Um, and you'll never find an answer to what is happening in the realm of the five senses. You won't. Um, what, um, where the answers lie are in the realms of consciousness understanding that we are not our body, we're not our name, we're not our labels, we're not our sex, we're not our color or race or any of these things. These are labels. These are experiences. They're not who we are. What we are is a point of attention within infinite awareness. In other words, we're all points of attention with the same state of awareness, some being more aware than others. Um, you know, Boris Johnson, I rest my case. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the answer is becoming conscious beyond mind, beyond the five senses, because that's where you start to see the five sense realm of the, of the experienced visual world in a completely different way, because you're no longer in it and of it. If you're in it and of it in your perceptions, then where do you get your information from that gives you a fix on the world and a fix on your self-identity? From within the realm of which you are in and of. And in Thus, order to question that, then the, your reality falls apart around you. Because the system is telling you what to believe. If you yeah. won't, because it suits the system. If about yourself, you're just little me, you have no power and all the rest of it. So if you stay in that realm, and, uh, and much of the independent media, that not all of it, by any means all of it, but, 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 but a great chunk of it, operates within that realm. Um, and therefore, it's not going to be able to see any answers. So if you if you can't see uh, that the, the answer is people becoming conscious beyond mind, so be, or beyond mind, beyond conscious mind, um, in a way that can start to get insights, understandings, intuitive knowings from beyond this program, um, which then opens the world up to you. Oh, I see it now that that's the nightmare that this system has. This is why religion has tried to shut people down. You're a blasphemer or you're burned at the stake if you go into those realms and report what you what the insights you get. Look at the Giordano Brunos and all these people and what happened to them. Now, we've, when, when people started to reject religion, um, official bricks and mortar religion, then science came in, mainstream science. What is that doing? Exactly the same job, holding people in this uh, um, perceptual state of, the five senses 
and that's globally about like how the how the world works around you as well as social media are changing how people perceive themselves and the other people around them on a on a micro level and science is doing it on a macro level exactly and and so so what you have um is this desperate effort this is why they're so terrified of quote visionaries look look throughout history who have been the people the system and authority of the day have most been frightened of people who were saying to people which is what i'm saying hey i'm not telling you what to think but there's other ways of looking at this there's other ways of looking at life there's other ways of looking at who you actually are and what that awareness that you are actually is and what it's really part of and that's the big danger because once that happens it starts to go and it's like a domino. I, I, I have this phrase, defending the first domino. The system defends the first domino at every point because when the first domino falls, others start to fall. So don't let people start to awaken because that they'll never, you'll never stop it. For instance, um, if you um, take acupuncture seriously as a method of healing, that's the first domino falling. The next domino says, well, how does it work? And now suddenly you've got a, a whole new explanation of the nature of the body and the nature of in the end of life itself, and all the dominoes are falling. That's why they're, they're defending the first domino at, uh, in all these um, uh, subject areas. So uh, I, I look at people like Alex, and I respect what he's done and, and, and other people, and I respect what, what uh, um, uh, a contribution they're, they're, they're making in, in their way. But you'll never find answers within the five-sense realm because that's where the program lies. That's where that, that's the program stadium. It's playing at home there. Yeah. Um, you'll find it when you allow your mind to uh, break through these programs of perception and let it go where it wants to go. And it will take you where it wants to go. Um, There's a lot more of that talk in, in both of your books, Children of the Matrix and the Perception Deception. Yeah, a lot, I, I like do a, a hell of a lot of this in the talk as well in, uh, in Dublin on the 24th, a hell of a lot of it, because... Um, as well as knowing uh, how the system works, uh, the big breakthrough, the big key that opens the gateway to, 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 to freedom, perceptual freedom, is, is, is knowing the nature of who we are and, and how we impact upon reality and how we allow in, the reality to impact on us. That's the gateway. That, that's, that's the way out of here. And, and, you, can and, get, you can get tickets for that at davidike.com, right? Davidike.com, yeah. Unfortunately... Yeah. Um, 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 this area of the alternative media that we're talking about doesn't go into those areas yeah. and thus it, it basically stays with the problem and the solutions can't be seen and uh, the other thing which is very relevant to present day if you can't see um, answers to what has happened because it's real simple the answers are to remove the problem that's holding us in servitude and the answers are to look at what the system wants to suppress, where it's always targeting its suppression, because where it's targeting its suppression is, is crucial to its survival, and that is on holding people in these perceptual prisons. So the answer lies in, in, in breaking them up. Uh, but if you, if you don't see that, then when you're looking for solutions, the only solutions you can see are within the five senses uh, uh, world that you are perceiving. And that's why suddenly, again, having said for years and years and years, oh, it's no, it's no, it's no good voting. The, you know, the, the, the political parties are just masked on the same face, which I say and I've been saying for 30 years and I'm still yeah. saying. You go, you know, Trump's different. 
<laughs> Trump's different. He wants to make America great again. Um, and, and again, you, you, you're looking for answers. And this man comes up and says a lot of what you want to hear. Not that he, not that he really means it, but what, he, what you want to hear. And so you get caught in the Trump, um, the Trump uh, euphoria. This man's going to do it. We must support Trump. He must vote. Well, for it's Trump. something to change. It's a difference. People want something different from this, you know, uh, um, Obama slash Clinton oligarchy that people have perceived the government in America or the, the the control structure in America to be. And as soon as Trump is coming in, then we see stuff like. Pizzagate, and we see you know the Hollywood uh, sex predators being taken out. All through the start of two thousand and seventeen, there was thousands of pedophiles all over America, all arrested, and and these rings broken up. Like to somebody who wants to support that, there is evidence to support it. I I find that I get a lot of shit because I'm criticizing the media, uh, and I find things that they say wrong, but the media is unilaterally criticizing trump so if i criticize the media it seems like i'm supporting trump or defending him somehow like how do you see those new physical evidences of this old guard or this old control mechanism falling apart like pe famous people being caught as pedophiles the yeah. harvey weinstein's being taken out well, like all of this kind of stuff how do you see that well um i see it i see it in 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 a, in a, in a rather different way um what we're dealing with in the shadows is a force, a network that fundamentally understands human psychology, because this is a psychological game. And now they are doing it through computer systems. You see, um, all this stuff that is constantly recorded the fine detail of people's lives through Facebook and all these other internet giants, um, they are diverting people's attention away by, oh, it's all about money, it's all about advertising. No, it's not. Yes, they'll do that because they're crazy about money. It's about gathering fine detail information on people's lives and what is that? people's perceptions they are constantly monitoring perception so um you have a situation where trump came out of nowhere and and not really but appeared to um the whole of the republican party was supposed to be against him there were 16 other republican candidates and he beat the lot he um, had enormous funding from very powerful people and um, he was appealing in his rhetoric, and I think some of it was genuine, I don't think anything like all of it is, to this um, mentality that was rejecting the system. As, as the mentality rejects the system, you've got it, you can either try to resist it, that's a lot of, that's obvious, or you can catch it, move with it, and mold it. Uh, and... Therefore, um, a lot of the alternative media that was saying don't vote for anybody because it's all a scam were caught in that. Alex Jones was massively caught in that. And, and um, I look at what um, Trump has done in terms of uh, draining the swamp, and he's not done it. You see, you look at um, the Harvey Weinstein situation. He could have been outed a long time ago. He was outed then. But 
what it's done is focus the whole thing on on women me too and which is basically celebrities saying we're victims when when, when you look at all the female real uh, real victims of, of, of mind control programs and sexual uh, trafficking going on all over the place and and what that has done is turned it away from the real thing that's going on in uh, Hollywood, where I've just come back from, actually, not Hollywood itself, but but Los Angeles, uh, and that's that's the deepest level of paedophilia and um, of, uh, of of Satanism. And I look at the people he's appointed around him; they're all swamp people. And if you look at um, uh, the people around Trump, uh, they are all uh, oh, not all, but the, the key players are all ultra Zionists yeah. whose whose main whose main focus of attention is not the United States and it's not the world it's it's Israel and so what you've seen um, as a result with with his his son-in-law Javid Kushner who um, is as uh, as known Benjamin Netanyahu through uh, um, his m- most of his life since he was a kid because Netanyahu was a friend of his father. Um, who went to jail for fraud. Um, and, and you look at um, the two people that used to work for the Trump organization, Jason Greenblatt and David Friedman. Greenblatt is now uh, his chief international negotiator. Friedman, who is an ultra-Zionist, so extreme he meets himself coming back, who is now ambassador for Israel. Um, the the, the, um, uh, the um, um, uh, embassy in Tel Aviv has been moved to Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, they are building on um, occupied Palestinian land at a rate never seen before, all because they know they're going to get no resistance from uh, the United States. Now, that is not draining the swamp. Putting another ultra-Zionist, Steve Mnuchin, in, in power as your Treasury Secretary, who was formerly the head of your fundraising campaign for your election, is not draining the swamp. These are not swamp drainers. Um, and um, You um, predicted this, this potential control mechanism in Robots yeah. Rebellion. And you've, say just got that, to, like, you've just got to watch the psychological game because, yeah. you know, they're, they're moving and, and, and monitoring opinion all the time and they're molding it as best they can to to to, to put it in another cul-de-sac. And Trump is another uh, um, cul-de-sac. But I would say this, and, and, and this is um, what I see all the time. Mature people don't have a position um, in terms of everything that you perceive comes from that position. Therefore, uh, mature people will look at someone like Trump and they'll say, okay, when he says something on this, don't agree with that, don't agree with that. Says something on that, yeah, I agree with that. That's what maturity does. It says, I'm going to listen to what the person says and then I'm going to make a judgment, my personal judgment, on what he said. And and um, no one is always right. No one is always wrong. Therefore, in everybody, you're going to hear things said that you agree with and th- uh, things that you don't agree with. The, the scale in terms of your perception of the person is the, the ratio of what you agree with against what you don't. But what we're seeing is this incredible polarization. Where anything how, Trump how do you says, feel about that? Like the, the Antifa having pitched battles in the street with like Trump supporters. It seems that America is tearing itself apart 
and Trump is the enemy for half of America and the hero for the other half. Like, how has it got that far? We've well, swapped globalism and this new world order now for uh, a neo-Nazi uh, Cold War. It seems like all the greatest hits of human tragedy are coming back now. So we've like a Cold War buzz. We have a Germany Nazi buzz. We have, you know, Israel taking over again. It, wh- how do you feel about this polarization of society? Well, if people, if people read my, my latest book, um, uh, you mentioned uh, everything you need to know but never been told. Yeah. By talking there of, of, of why I f- felt Trump was, was brought in. And one of them is he is an incredible, I mean, look around. He's an incredibly divisive character. That's just what they want. What, what is the bottom line of the few controlling the many in any situation? It's dividing and ruling the many. And I said in that book that what they're looking for, it, it, some form, however extreme it may get or not get, is a form of civil war between what are now called progressives who ludicrously call themselves liberals. They're not the liberals that I identify with. Um, and um, and, and the, the perceived right or, or far right. And so you've got a polarization. Now, if you don't want people um, looking at what you're doing, when the conjuring trick is happening with the right hand, you want people looking at the left hand. So what they're doing is focusing people so entirely on Trump. Um, and, and I love Trump, I hate Trump, that everything beyond that is being lost. And I've just come back from the place through which the world is increasingly controlled. I say through, not from, because it's just a front. Um, for a much deeper power, and that's Silicon Valley in California. Um, from there now, we have internet giants that ha- are doing everything this control system wants. They're gathering enormous amounts of fine detail information on people's lives for all the reasons and more that I've talked about. They are able, because of the communication of information is, is massively through those channels now, they can dictate through algorithms, not even human intervention, what people see and don't see. And they are at the cutting edge of the real end game goal of all this, which is to attach the human brain mind to artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence becomes the human mind. It becomes human thinking. And they've got so confident, some, some of them in Silicon Valley, like Ray Kurzweil, an executive of Google, is actually openly talking about it because he says it's going to make us superhuman. It won't. It will make us subhuman. It will make us computer terminals on an AI internet. Uh, but then look at where the focus of most people uh, is politically. It's not on that. It's on, um, I love Trump, I, I hate Trump, and, and all that. And, you know, I, I, people talk about the rise of these uh, so-called populist uh, parties and, and, and all the, this, this illiberal Antifa. Antifa is a liberal organization. I... I, I, I I identify, if, if, for want of a, 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 a description, with the dictionary definition of being a liberal, which yeah, is green. Uh, you're a great, former Green Party politician. Well, right? no, no, I, 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 I would say they are progressives uh, increasingly, yeah. not liberal, because that's the progressive, illiberal, fascistic mentality that is driving political correctness, which is simply a mechanism of getting the target population to silence itself. Um, I'm coming from the point of view, if you look at the dictionary definition of liberal, of being 
are in favor of maximum freedom, maximum freedom of expression, maximum freedom of, uh, of opinion, maximum freedom of lifestyle, so long as you don't impose it on anyone else, which is the thing that most people forget when they talk about freedom of lifestyle. Um, but that is not where the progressive mentality is coming from, which came out uh, of California um, uh, originally. That is saying, um, as I say in the new book, it's the maxim of the of, of the progressive fascistic um, illiberals is I am right. That's all that matters. This is the process that, where it goes. I am right. The only right is I am right. Now, because I am right, anyone that says anything that is different to what I say must by definition be wrong. And because they're wrong, their freedom of speech doesn't matter. Only mine some game, yeah. I am right. This is the mentality. Yeah. And it's the mentality that's driving political um, uh, correctness. Um, so... Uh, do, you, do you think what, that the, the artificial intelligence and transhumanist movement, uh, coupled with this rabid liberalism that I've talked about often on the show, and we have an episode yeah. on cultural Marxism now, like... Yeah. Cultural Marxism as a term, you're not allowed to say it because it comes from like you know an anti-Semitic origin or cultural Bolshevism and this kind of thing. So, do you think that like I read uh, recently that there now people are bringing up babies with no gender until the age of four or five? They call them babies, and they're allowing them to choose their own identity. This dissolution of personal responsibility, uh, as well as this artificial intelligence and. Uh, a personality or an identity that lives outside of yourself on the internet is this the the end game where they're pushing you into not even being sure of the things that you're thinking yourself D double double get or second guessing everything you're ever going to say ever especially on the internet where people increasingly live and this is just now an internal thought police method of control like what's the end game and yeah, who this, are this the is, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would say in reply to what you've just said, all of the above is true. Mm. Um, but again, if we're going to understand the step we're looking at, we have to understand the journey those steps are, are meant to take. So don't see everything in and of itself in the moment you're looking at. Uh, look at how it fits know the outcome, see the journey. Um, I uh, quoted a guy in books some time ago, and, and certainly again in a new book, called Dr. Richard Day. Uh, Dr. Richard Day um, was a big-time Rockefeller insider. And uh, for whatever reason, I'm glad he did it, no one seems to know, he stood up in 1969 at a... Uh, conference uh, of uh, pediatricians in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he asked them to, to turn off their recording equipment and not take notes because he was going to tell them how the world was going to change because that which he was part of was going to change it. And what he described that day, and in, in the book before the new one called uh, Phantom Self, I quote this guy at length, it is stunning. You can see, as I've said before many times over the years, where people like Aldous Huxley and uh, uh, you know, uh, Orwell, Eric Blair, his real name, George Orwell, where they got their insight from. It wasn't all from their imagination because there are two worlds. There's the one we live in mm. and there's the one from which the world we live in is manipulated. And the if you go into that other world, you know what's coming long before it appears to those that are actually experiencing it. And And this guy, Dr. Richard Day, 
was so accurate in detail on what is happening now and, and where it's going. And one of the things he said in 1969, we're going to make boys and girls the same. And that is what is happening. Now, there's another big thing to remember. If you want to see things that are absolutely certainly the agenda, look at what you're not allowed to talk about and you're not allowed to have an opinion on. You cannot have an opinion against uh, the idea that's put about by transgender activists that you just choose your gender and biology has nothing to do with it. I don't know about you, but I haven't got any breasts. Um, and, I just and I, got little ones. I have dangly bits where, where, where females have something different. Of course, what is that? It's biology. Now, I'm not saying for a second that the situation doesn't exist where people can feel they're in the wrong body. And, 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 and they're the people we should be focusing on and helping. Um, be, because they're, they're the, the people who genuinely um, deserve support, require support. Uh, discrimination against anyone is, uh, is childlike. But that's not what's happening. Um, what's happening is not that they get their foot in the door with, we've got to stop discrimination against transgender people. That's the foot in the door. And, and you know, they're pushing against an open door with me on that. Yes, we should. But this is not about that. This is about confusing children and other people about their gender who weren't confused before. This is why we're having this explosion. Why? Among other things, they're also taking over uh, using those mechanics to silence other types of criticism about their politics and their particular agenda. Going like, you can't think about this, taking demonetizing or even deleting anything that was exactly. about gun control. Exactly. Talking about David Hogg and the, the shooting in Parkland School. Everything yep. off YouTube was was taken off because of that. And they used it. They used David Hogg as a spokesperson because he's a child. And then they said, if you criticize him, that's harassment because he's a child. Yep. And holding that up as a shield and a sword. You see it everywhere. You see it yeah. everywhere. If, if you're not allowed to have an opinion about it, it's the agenda because they don't want a free debate about uh, pillars of the agenda because the pillars of the agenda would, would, would in free debate would, would fall over. A, they'd be exposed and B, they'd be shown to be uh, uh, nonsense and have no uh, valid uh, um, uh, ground that they're standing on. Um, but what if, and I say this is the case, the plan is um, to create a new human a kind of synthetic human. They're already doing it. My goodness, yeah. they're already doing it, which has no gender, which has no ability to procreate and has no gender at all. We're, we're all this Huxley Brave New World at that point. We're creating the deltas, the alphas and the gammas, you know? Exactly. And uh, as I've said in the books over many, many years, um, Orwell and Huxley were not coming purely from their imagination. They had access to the agenda and they were, they were using that knowledge um, in their books. That's why they've been proved to be so unbelievably accurate. And, of course, um, Brave New World, which was uh, published in 1932, is becoming more and more um, valid, uh, coming up in, in terms of validity with uh, you know, modern events now with 1984, as we enter these realms of genetic manipulation and synthetic humans. Um, and, you see, if, if you're going to do something physically if you're going to change something physically 
not that physical exists, but it's another low story. But but what we perceive as physical, if you're going to change something physically, first you've got to change it uh, psychologically. And what's happening with this transgender explosion and this pushing of it and denying any other opinion, it is a psychological programming to accept um, this um, no gender world. And at the same time this is happening, of course, uh, sperm counts are falling, um, often rapidly. Testosterone um, rates are falling, not just in men but women as well, because women have uh, uh, testosterone, but not obviously to the same extent. And um, you know when I was a kid, born in the 50s, grew up in the 60s, you never heard, you never heard anything about fertility clinics. No one, you never heard about them. Mm. Now, they're everywhere. Because more and more people are finding it difficult to have children. What is going on? Do you Put think it, that the psychological uh, um, conditioning reaches as far as like uh, entertainment media? We have now stuff like The Handmaid's Tale and we have, you know, Altered Carbon, Beyond Human. There's all of this like science fiction and, and uh, TV fiction that's all based around these methods of control that you talk about as an insidious force and we're watching them on t on netflix as entertainment it's more like an instruction manual it seems it's an instruction manual but i would put it like this um that there, there, there is this phrase preemptive programming okay what is that about the world they're taking us into particularly people like me born in the 1950s I, you know because i was born uh, 66 years ago i have a radar i i have a a point of perception that saw the world before it was anything like it is now. So what happens is you can see the scale of the change. If you're born into this now, this is your normal. This is why um, older people who have this radar that have seen what was and now what is and the scale of change, they are so important being written off, oh, you're old, or something. It's so important because young people, unless they open their mind to consciousness, and that's different, but those who don't have no radar. This is their normal. This is how the world's like, mate. Well, it wasn't when I was a kid, and I'm not that bloody old. Um, uh, so um, that that's uh, very, very important. But we are being taken into a world that is so staggeringly, vastly different from what we've um, experienced, even young people today, vastly different from what even they're experiencing now, that there is an obvious problem with people going, what the heck's going on? What's happening? What, what, uh, this is crazy. What's going on? So what you're doing is you're feeding the world you're taking people into, into the subconscious. It may come in, come in through the conscious mind, but don't, never underestimate what, what's going on subliminally. But it may come into the conscious mind, but then it goes into the subconscious mind. It comes into the conscious mind as a movie. It's a story. It's a bit of entertainment. But what's going in the subconscious mind is the killer word, familiarity. You're making people familiar with it. So when it literally starts to come in, this familiarity um, reduces and dilutes the impact of what the hell is going on compared with what it would be without that uh, familiarity uh, programming. And that's a, a very important thing. Absolutely. The familiar so, 
the word familiar is one of the great ways that people are programmed. Once something is familiar, it's a gimme. It's not questioned anymore. It's a everyone knows that. This is how it is. Uh, taking people, uh, young people, kids, toddlers, three or four years from coming into the world and putting them into a, a classroom to start the programming. Because that's familiar, yeah. people yeah. don't question it. But Industrial, it's crazy. Industrialized it's education. It's insane. But yeah. it's familiar. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're born and then about four. They go to school. Then they have their injections. Yeah, it's the familiarity. It's not questioned. And when you go... Actually, I am going to question it. And you say, oh, my goodness me, what's really going on? Have I done that again? <laughs> yeah. Have I done it again? Yeah, you've gone off again. Have I gone off again? I, I, I'm always doing that. I, you know, I don't understand technology. Actually, when I see what technology is doing, uh, to, you know, I'm not against technology, but when I see what it's doing to human minds, particularly the young, I'm glad I don't understand it. I mean, I, yeah. you know. Do dopamine, dopamine. I don't uh, carry a mobile response. phone. <laughs> yeah, all the, the Twitter and Facebook stuff that the brain goes, it's, uh, yeah. it's ruining the young people, David. It's ruining them. So before we go, I just want you to tell everybody about uh, a new documentary that I'm dying to see. It's in the can, and you have an Indiegogo up now to uh, get it over the line, and it's called Renegade, and you've been Renegade, filming it in yeah. the U.S. I was approached you... by a, a company in America um, who wanted to do this uh, movie about my life and work, um, uh, which, which is uh, been contracted now out to Sony, um, uh, to go out on, you know, things like Netflix and, and other, you know, uh, ways and means. Uh, which it's the of... same producers who did, uh, we did an episode on the Disclosure Project and Dr. Stephen Greer, and these are the same people that made Unacknowledged, which is, yeah, which is the documentary yeah, it's, on him. It's a great guy called Stephen. He uh, operates his company out of Norfolk, uh, Virginia, where I was mm. a couple of weeks ago. Um, and... Uh, we have filmed a lot already, but obviously filming is enormously expensive. And there was a certain amount of budget. Um, and to finish the film, we've got to get to the end of the line on the budget. But um, they're they're actually coming to Dublin, funnily enough. Oh, savage! Yeah, they're coming to they're coming to Dublin. Um, uh, they're going to film around that event, um, and um, I'm going to do some other things uh, there. Um, and then we're going to go to Rome. I hope that's the plan. Uh, and we're going to do that whole Babylon to Rome to present day uh, um, passage of bloodline and secret societies. Uh, we filmed in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, two weeks ago, which was, I mean, like I said to you before we came on air, it's just Rome. That's Rome uh, uh, relocated. Just look at the Transplanted film. empire, yeah. And then we went to uh, California and I did um, uh, Silicon Valley and also uh, met an extraordinary human being, actually extraordinary spirit, more accurate, called Alice Walker. Of course, a very famous civil rights activist and author, author of that uh, Pulitzer Prize winning book, uh, The Color Purple, which became a movie and is now a Broadway sh uh, uh, show. And um, we had the most incredible three hours together in Northern California uh, because she's been reading my books for years. Um, she's been an open supporter of me for years and got a lot of abuse from the um, the progressives as a result of it, but she's yeah. a, she's she's a woman who cares about about the truth, not about her her, her reputation. And uh, she was the one that stunned. This is where I came across her. That she not came across her, but came across the fact that she was looking into my work. She was on Desert Island Discs on the BBC, you know, this radio show, 
started out by Roy Plumley, goodness knows how long ago. The long, I think it's the longest running radio show in the world, where they um, they go out, uh, they go on the show, and they're asked to um, to talk about the 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 eight, I think it's eight records they would take to a desert island, uh, and then talk about their life in between. And at the end, uh, there's the question, and you've got one book. One book you can take to this desert island, what would it be? And she said, you've been raised, get off your knees by David Icke. Well, I mean, apparently you could cut the silence with a knife. Um, and uh, she got yeah, you, the, you got history with the BBC, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, David Icke, this, 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 is, this is a civil rights icon. Cause, cause, was, cause. Was born in the days of segregation in Georgia. And she yeah. said, she, she wants David Icke's book? What's going on? So um, that's uh, that was a, just a, a, I'll, I'll never forget it. It's one of the greatest days of my life meeting that lady and having a long chat and seeing how incredibly at one we are in the way we see the world, even in the more far out ways. It was amazing. And, and it, the most amazing thing to talk about synchronicity is um, the car I've got. You, I don't think I've ever seen one in America. They must exist, but I've never seen one. Uh, it's just a, you know, it's a, like a, 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 just a saloon that, you know, you regularly found around Britain, but I've never seen one in America. And I turn up at her house and that's her car, exactly the same car. And it's exactly the same color. Wow. All those thousands of miles apart. First time I familiarity, ever met. Familiarity, David. Familiarity. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, there you it's, go. there's another world beyond the one we think we're living in. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see that. Uh, like I said, it's made by the guys who made Unacknowledged and we, uh, we, we watched that uh, for our disclosure project episode and it's brilliant so uh keep an eye out for that the link for that indiegogo and the trailer and everything is going to be in the description below on youtube or on the podcast uh notes and your new book well november was released but your new book everything you need to know but have never been told is out now to buy and you are in dublin on the 24th of august uh, as well as many other places if you want to go to all, places, all over the uh, uk yeah. all over europe but uh, particularly for all the Irish people, um, you can head out to that. Uh, I'm also doing a, a live show. Um, I mean, it's not as big as yours, David, but, uh, you know, I, I'm still I'm still doing one in uh, the Sugar Club for the podcast festival on the 9th of October. Uh, and there'll be a link for tickets down there. And hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be able to see you in August. That'll uh, be great. Shake hands and, uh, and meet you finally. And thanks so much for joining us on this. It's been... Um, uh, a real pleasure. In, a real pleasure, but uh, like I, I've been palpitating like for about 45, I only calmed down about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> but uh, thanks so much for joining me and uh, thanks to Jamie uh, as well for sorting all this stuff out yeah, he's uh, over the phone. He's a great organiser. Yeah, I've loved it, mate. Um, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in August. So I'll put all the links for David if you want to contact him in the in the description below. And if you want to get back to me about anything or ask me any questions, info at thoseconspiracyguys.com. And we're on all of the social media. And uh, thanks to all the Patreon people keeping this thing going. Patreon.com slash thoseconspiracyguys. Once again, thanks to David Ike for joining us. And uh, that's it for this time on Those Conspiracy Guys. I've been Gordo. He's been David. <laughs> all right, and, sorry, uh, this you. Yeah. <laughs> He's been David. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for watching. Bye.